Welcome to Whippy on Measure. My name is Katrina Mayer. And I'm Elle Kammerer. And today we're talking about a few chapters in Emma. Specifically chapters 8 through 12. Those are the ones. Which, not gonna lie, not a lot happens. I mean, it's still about 40-ish pages. It's so many pages of nothing. (laughs) Yeah, like... Lots of talking without really going anywhere. And specifically the last couple or the last chapter. Like I'm listening to the audiobook while I also read the regular book because my life is hectic right now. And like it's 11 minutes of just nothing. Yes. <laughs> that whole chapter reminded me of like, you know, when you go see your family after a really long time away and everybody's back home seeing each other and it's like, a few minutes of excitement and then it's just like tedious small talk for five mm-hmm. days. That's what that chapter felt like. Yeah. And I have a funny feeling that we're going to get a bit more of that. And in all honesty, it's Mr. Woodhouse's fault, but we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> Before that, though, I will give us our really super duper quick uh, summary of what happened in these chapters. So first off, we have Emma and Mr. Knightley argue about Harriet and Mr. Martin. Then. Harriet confirms that she has denied Mr. Martin's proposal, or at least that was what I was getting. Then we see Emma and Harriet spending time together gathering riddles and charades, quote unquote, which that wasn't the definition of charade that I thought it was, but you know, whatever. Emma convinces Mr. Elton to write a charade of his own, and he does, and Emma is the one who quote unquote figures it out, uh, or at least she thinks she does. Then Emma and Harriet go visit a sick family down the way and they pass Mr. Elton's house where he was totally creeping, saw them pass and followed them. (laughs) On their way back from the house, uh, Emma does the most ridiculous thing ever (laughs) to try to keep herself back away from Mr. Elton and Harriet while they go forward so then they can have some time to spend together alone. And well, she's not very good at it. (laughs) Uh, And then we meet Mr. John Knightley and his wife, Isabella, who's Emma's sister, and family small talk and awkwardness pursues for at least 11 minutes. Oh, my God. And that's a really super duper quick recap. Yep. Sounds about (laughs) right. Yeah. So let's just start at the beginning. Yeah, which was actually the most exciting part of this section for me. I disagree. I think the Emma trying to keep her distance from Mr. Elton and Harriet was funny. <laughs> but I'll explain why when oh, we get there. Oh, I agree. There. That was funny. But, like, this, like, yeah. back and forth between her and Knightley was, like, the most exciting action-y part for me. Okay. Yeah, the, the back and forth, the way that they communicate with each other is definitely interesting. So, essentially, what it boils down to is Mr. Knightley comes to visit the Woodhouses, and Mr. Woodhouse goes on his nightly walk. But of course, he complains about it first because it's Mr. Woodhouse and that's apparently what happens. But it leaves Emma and Mr. Knightley alone together, which my first note was uh, without a chaperone. I mean, uh, I think I Mr. Woodhouse just doesn't think of Mr. Knightley as a potential suitor for Emma. So he's just like, this is fine. It's her brother. Given how he doesn't seem to like Mr. John Knightley, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, uh, so Emma and Mr. Knightley 
are together and they start talking about Mr. Martin because Mr. Knightley knows Mr. Martin because mm-hmm. I believe he works the the lands that Mr. Knightley owns. Yep. And Mr. Knightley respects him. He thinks he's a good man. Now, he is by no means saying that he is a gentleman of, like, a same standard as himself or anything right. like that. But he thinks he's a good man, and he would be a really good match for Harriet. Yeah. And he explains this to Emma, and he's kind of excited because he's like, guess who's going to get proposed to? He's like, now I'm the matchmaker, Emma. Look at me. Yeah. I got a surprise. I got a secret. and You don't know. And Emma's just like, uh, <laughs> Little do you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's the th- she literally is like, she gets the idea of what's coming and she just lets him continue talking without stopping him. <laughs> <laughs> but needless to say, Emma knows what actually happened and there is immediate conflict. Yes, because then Emma's like, oh, you think they're going to get married? Well, let me tell you, it's already happened. He already proposed and... I mean, Harriet said no. Of course she would say no. Why would she say yes? And then they start arguing over Harriet's qualities, essentially. And I was really frustrated with how Mr. Knightley was talking about Harriet. I don't think he gives her enough credit. And I know he doesn't really know her. I I know he has this, like, outside perspective. I know he is, like, a lot clouded by like the connection with Emma but I just feel like he's so severe upon her and it was really hard to read at sometimes for me so like on one hand I agree that he is a little severe but I think that when he is his most severe I think it's mostly because he is lashing out at Emma mm-hmm. because he's frustrated at Emma yeah so I think that that's why he he says kind of more nasty things yeah, about I Harriet. But I don't disagree with him. I don't completely disagree with him. I just uh, disagree with the severity in which he said the things that he said and the degree right. to which he said them. Right. Because essentially his argument is that Harriet is a good person. She isn't necessarily the smartest person. She has a decent education for who she is, but she has no family connections nobody knows who her parents are she doesn't have any money and she's been sent to this boarding school that's uh, as austin put it to give women an education but to make sure that they aren't a prodigy yeah so yeah like she's okay yeah and she should be happy that she gets a proposal from somebody as good as mr martin because otherwise she would have nothing yeah like it's very fortunate that Harriet got this proposal. And again, like, I don't disagree. It yeah. is. Like, and Harriet, I believe, would be very happy with Mr. Martin. I agree, too. Yeah. She seemed to enjoy her time at the farm this summer. She loves his family. But it's Emma's interference that has kind of shifted that. Like, I don't want to say Harriet thinks too highly of herself now. Because we we saw last episode that harriet was even questioning it herself like Mm -hmm. she was kind of wanted to take the proposal but you know harriet isn't really seeing it in the correct light or not correct light that's a bad way to put it she's not really seeing it for what it is yeah which is a good proposal right 
And that's because she's clouded by Emma and what mm-hmm. Emma is telling her. Mm-hmm. Um, had she not met Emma, she wouldn't even know. And then no. everything would be just fine. Um, yeah. And I do yeah. think I do think that one of the harshness that Mr. Knightley has against Harriet is that he sees Harriet like following along with Emma and Harriet isn't questioning it. And I wonder if he, he holds that against her. Yeah. He and, sees like, her as a her- silly little girl. Yeah, yeah, which isn't necessarily Harriet's fault. No, I think that that's more she, on Emma. But it's also kind of <laughs> a little bit age appropriate for Harriet, right? She is 17. Is. She doesn't have mm-hmm. a lot of direction, right? Other than like what she got at school, which isn't a great school, we know. Mm-hmm. So it's not 100% her fault. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way it came across for me, even though Mr. Knightley is saying all these things, and yes, they're legitimate points. For me, it read like it was Harriet's fault. <laughs> I don't know. Right. Yeah. Right. And, you know, well, I don't know. I, I just, I have that page pulled up, so I was just going to just read the parts. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. So, she, so no respectable relations. She's known only as a parlor boarder at a common school. She is not a sensible girl nor a girl of any information. She has been taught nothing useful and is too young and too simple to have acquired anything herself. At her age, she can have no experience and with her little wit is not very likely to ever have any that can avail her. She is pretty and she is good-tempered and that is all. My only scruple in advising the match was on his account as being beneath his deserts and a bad connection for him. Right. Now that I believe is the second time he has talked about this situation. Yes. Because the first time is when he was talking about Harriet in relation to Mr. Martin asking if Harriet was above him. Mm -hmm. And that's when he was talking really highly of Mr. Martin. So the part that you read out is, and I, I only point this out because I think that it is an important reason as to why he says what he says, is after Emma is like, oh, no, Harriet wouldn't marry him. He's too good, or she's too good for him. And that pisses Mr. Knightley yes. off so much, which is why I think that he gets so... Heated. Mean. Yeah. yeah. I don't think... I mean, we do know. I will say, I could be wrong, because we do know that Mr. Knightley doesn't really care so much for Harriet mm-hmm. in the Harriet-Emma relationship. So, I mean, he is biased, but I don't know. I feel like... I don't want to hold it against Mr. Knightley too much yet. Yeah, no, and I don't either. It just, like, it was kind of, like, the same thing, like, when he was having his conversation with Mrs. Weston and he, like, put in those comments and it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. That's what, Mm -hmm. like, this part was like. It's like, you're you're just, you're, like, almost there, but then you say things and you're like, why are you? He's like an old man, right? He's like an old man who just like looks at women and judges them for only what what he thinks they are worth and not for what they could be or what they actually are. And even though I completely disagree with Emma, I think Harriet should have accepted that proposal. I think they would have been mm-hmm. good together. I don't think I I don't know that either would be above or beneath each other. I think they would have been good together, like just mm-hmm. in general. But I did, like, after he, like, says all those things about Harriet, she's like, oh, well, how could you say that? And, you know, you don't really know her. And I can't believe, you know, she's, like, trying to defend it. And not just for for her, because, yes, she is defending herself in this. But mm-hmm. I do feel like she takes a step out and she, like, makes the point that 
you don't really know women like women know women. Uh, yeah, that's true. You know, I kind of feel like when he was talking to Mrs. Weston, she was kind of giving that attitude as well. Yeah. Like, oh, well, you don't really know how women have relationships with other women, mm -hmm. which is why she was kind of like, no, I disagree with you thinking that this relationship between Emma and Harriet is a bad thing. Like, he's all, oh, I don't think this is a good thing for either one of them. But she's kind of like, dude, you don't understand women and women's friendships or how we relate to each other. So you don't really understand anything about the relationship really you see something that might not be good for either one of them but that's not necessarily the case yeah, yeah. i was so. wondering could this be mr knightley's flaw like he's so wrapped up in like who he is and he's so sensible and like what he thinks is right not in the way like mr woodhouse does in like a more sensible rational way and so he can't like see past that even and i think it's like a little bit sexist like I think it's like with women oh, yeah. he's that way not yeah. I don't think he would be that way necessarily with a man to the degree that he is with Emma or like Mrs. Weston or Harriet yeah I could see that um and that would kind of explain why he's able to get along so well with Mr. Woodhouse yeah because they kind of are of the same mind yeah but Mr. Knightley doesn't push against Mr. Woodhouse right you know but no that totally makes sense and he's older, it's almost as if, too. Yeah, he's older, yeah. Which he does bring back, and I know we'll get there, but I just want to, like, point this out now. Like, at the end of the section we read when they're, you know, like, oh, come on, Mr. Knightley, let's make up and everything. And he's like, he makes a comment like, I still have 16 years experience ahead of you, even though you're 21. And, like, yeah, mm -hmm. you, you know, you know things now. I still have more. I still know more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah, it's a weird dynamic, those two. I just can't see how they're going to get together <laughs> at the end. I can't see it yet. I don't see it. I don't believe it. I think this, I think they're not going to get together. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> but also it's like, thinking about Mr. Knightley, like I don't, like on one hand I see why he isn't married yet, but on the other hand I don't understand why he isn't married yet. Yeah. Like that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Like, if I met a guy who was, what, 38? Was mm -hmm. it 36, 38? 38. Yeah. In this time period, and he has, I mean, it goes, it harkens back to Pride and Prejudice's opening line. He's a man of money. He is of a certain age. Why does he not have a wife? Yeah. <laughs> so. And, and at least, like, and we, at least we don't know anything about, like, any past romances. Cause, like, in Sense and Sensibility, Brandon's the same way. He's an older gentleman without a wife, but he had a past. He had romances mm -hmm. that didn't pan out, or a romance that didn't pan out, and that's mm -hmm. why he was a bachelor. You know, explained it. I don't know why this guy is not married. I don't get it. Yeah. It's weird. Mm -hmm. and, well, and he hasn't been married either. He's not a widower. Yeah. Because that could have been another explanation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's so weird. Especially because his younger brother got married. Yeah. But I mean... Well, actually, this kind of brings me into uh, another topic, which I know we're not quite going in order of how it goes, but I think that this is a good time to talk about it. Uh, so Emma and Harriet, when they're walking to the sick house, to, to the house with the sick people in it, not yeah. the sick house. The, um, <laughs> the charitable visit. Yeah. Yeah. They're talking about Emma not wanting to get married. Mm -hmm. And I mean, she has good points. Mm -hmm. Not going to deny it. Mm -hmm. She doesn't. It's kind of funny. Because I kind of relate to this. 
not all of it obviously because i am married but uh like she doesn't want to get married she doesn't want to have a job she doesn't want to necessarily have kids she doesn't want to like literally do anything and i'm just like that's a mood yeah um like um, i am married but i don't want to have kids i don't want to have a job i don't want to <laughs> do, do anything. anything yeah i only want to practice my hobbies mm-hmm. uh and yeah and that's exactly what she says but that got me thinking like how does the money situation work for this because like yeah mr woodhouse doesn't have any sons and he has money but right who's inheriting hartfield yeah because wouldn't it be isabella not emma because the way emma talks about it she talks about how she is the mistress of the house as it is and if she were to get married she wouldn't necessarily be the mistress of a greater house so why would she bother but it's like are you always going to be mistress of this house is this a like lady catherine as, right yeah as, as long as she lives is the entail entitled is the entail for her we don't know Mm-mm. we don't know how mr woodhouse has written up his will yeah because i just mean like in terms oh of God. secession it would be it isabella to, what if he leaves it to like mr knightley mr john knightley because that isn't yeah. gonna happen we definitely no, know mr. that's not gonna George happen knightley I mean, then it's a good thing that she ends up with him at the end, I guess? Mm. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, uh, what are the other relations? Like a male cousin or something? People we don't... We don't know. I guess we don't Don't know. know. Maybe we'll find out, but we definitely don't know now. No, I just thought that that was weird because I'm like, okay, well... And and perhaps maybe it isn't brought up because it isn't a situation. Like, that was one of the driving forces behind the Bennett family was that they weren't, these girls weren't going to inherit anything. And Mm -hmm. maybe Emma is going to inherit the house because her sister is married. So maybe it isn't a situation. So it's not brought up. I don't know. I just thought of it and was like, okay, this is weird. (laughs) Yeah. I guess we don't know it. And like, her dad doesn't want her to get married either. So what has he done to protect her? Mm Well, I don't know if it's so much he doesn't want her to get married as much as he just doesn't care at this point. He'd rather just have her there. Like, he doesn't I don't, want he's her to like, leave. Right, but he's not actively keeping her from being married He's not either. actively keeping her from being married, but he does, he does mention, like, how sad he would be if mm-hmm. she got married in that first chapter. And then she's like, oh, no, you don't have to worry about me, Dad. Yeah, Mr. Woodhouse is a strange character. He's so weird. (laughs) The more I read, the more I'm like, this is the weirdest character I've met yet. Yes. And we are very intimate with Mr. Collins. Yes. (laughs) And that his older daughter is exactly like him. Right? Yeah, they're so similar. I was just like, what? Can we talk about Isabella and Mr. John Knightley's relationship? Because it is toxic. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Uh, I actually, I don't understand how these two are together. (laughs) I don't either. Like, that maybe because she's just so docile, he's just like, whatever, she's never going to contradict me. And she just is so docile that she won't stand up for herself. So, like... Well, that's essentially what Emma says. Yeah. That's why Emma doesn't like Mr. John Knightley, mm-hmm. specifically Mr. John Knightley, is because he does tear down his sister or her sister quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And Isabella doesn't do anything to stand up for herself. She just takes it. Yeah. And then. um, Not even that she just takes it. She doesn't 
fully grasp Mm -hmm. that he is doing this. Mm -hmm. She doesn't comprehend that he is like saying rude things. And like Mm -hmm. she, it was mentioned that she only catch caught half of his meeting when he was like reprimanding her for something or like saying, speaking out against something. I don't know. It was about Mr. Weston, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. I don't like it. (laughs) But then also they're like, but he's so good with the kids. Like, (laughs) well, we haven't seen that though. No. No. Cause like, we just see him talking with his brother, Mr. Knightley, and getting frustrated at Mr. Woodhouse and yes. what Mr. Woodhouse is saying, which I totally understand, yeah. but at the same time, like, you don't have to be rude. Right. And then, again, coming back and kind of taking little snippets at his wife. This strikes me as a man who maybe wasn't like this always, but after years of being around it and, like, it's wearing on him. Like, he's been around it so much that he's like, I can't take this anymore. I'm just going to snap now. You know? Well, I mean, think about what we were just saying about Mr. George Knightley. Yeah. And then remember that this is his younger brother. Yeah. So, like, if he he looked up to George Knightley and is kind of, like, taking some of those qualities into himself. And on top of that, we have no idea what their parents were like. But yeah. he's obviously wealthy. Um, He's a lawyer. Maybe he just thinks very highly of himself. Maybe. And the only reason why he married uh, Emma's sister is because she's a Woodhouse. Yeah. You know, and it was money. It was a good match. And it just, you know, perhaps she thought she was in love with him, but he just was like, yeah, sure. Okay, fine. Whatever. Yeah. I could see that, you know. Mm -hmm. I could see it being a combination of all those things, right? Like his Mm -hmm. upbringing, like a little bit sexist. And then just years of being around behavior that he finds obnoxious that maybe he thought he could deal with or maybe he didn't know the extent of it at the time and now is like, oh, shit, what have I done? (laughs) Well, and I feel like it's a bit of a lack of compassion in terms of like his relationship with Mr. Woodhouse, because while Mr. Woodhouse is very annoying, he is also very old. Yeah. (laughs) So it's kind of a, and he's lost his wife and he's only really had his daughters because he lost his wife really when his daughters were young. Mm -hmm. So I can see why he is a little bit of the way that he is. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't remember if it says why Emma's mom died. I don't think it does because I don't remember that detail. So it could just be like his concern about people's health is because he's like, well, maybe I should have seen something and maybe she died because of a health thing or he just doesn't want to be alone because he already lost somebody and it's like you know so like you just you kind of have to have a little bit of that compassion and john knightley does not have that no bit of compassion no because he can't see that yeah and it's very clear he also doesn't have that bit of compassion toward his wife either yeah yeah because we can tell that his his wife just wants to like make her father happy and like make her husband and her kids happy as well mm-hmm. so yeah but i don't like him um yeah it's weird. i see him as a bit of a villain <laughs> um, he's i yeah. wouldn't say he's a villain villain like he isn't actively like trying no. to like sabotage things or like being like purposefully hurtful he just he gets to a point where he just snaps he reminds me of like again 
like an older generation <laughs> of man that just like I have all these things I have to do. I have to make money to support my wife and my five children. I have five children. Oh my god, I'm so stressed out. I have five children and a wife well, that I need to support. Maybe you should have kept it in your pants. But she <laughs> loves her children. Maybe she wanted these children. And now he has the stress of, like, supporting everybody. I don't know. I'm not defending him. Don't don't get me. Don't yeah. like, think I'm not defending him at all. Like, there are healthy ways to cope with incredible stress in your life. And he is not doing that. He's not oh, doing no. That. And also, I, I can't see that it would be that stressful because, again, it's just him and his brother and they have money. And mm-hmm. Isabella has to have money. Yeah. Like, she had to have gotten some money. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't know the situation. I'm sure clearly, we're going to learn he, more because they're yeah. at they're at uh, Hartfield for a while now. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this family just, I'm sorry. I don't want to, like. This family reminds me of my family. I'm just, I'm, so, I'm just gonna say it. I'm just gonna put it out there. I've been like wanting to say this this whole time. I was like, should I say that? Should I not? No. This family reminds me of my family <laughs> in all the good ways and in all the like kind of crazy ways. Um, this is my family. And if you're curious, just read Emma. This is my family. <laughs> all not the so awkwardness and the discomfort that you feel when somebody claps back at like an older person in the house. Yep, that's real life. <laughs> <laughs> see in my family if you were to say anything like that to one of the older people in the house man you would not hear the freaking end of it like they're not they're not docile mr woodhouse the older people in my family are gonna be like bitch what the fuck like (laughs) i mean they're still gonna be extremely incorrect racist and sexist and homophobic but they're not gonna sit around and just let you talk shit to them yeah even though you're you're probably in the right, not them. That's not the point. Um, so the Woodhouses are weird, and the <laughs> fact that uh, Emma is just only going to continue the weirdness by marrying into the Knightley family. <laughs> this is going <laughs> to perpetuate this system. Oh my god! This 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 is where I'm descended from. I'm a descendant of the Woodhouses. I, you're I bet, a Woodhouse I, Knightley. <laughs> I could. I am going to trace my lineage back to Emma and Mr. George Knightley getting married. This is where I come from, apparently. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or worse off, you could be one of the uh, other Woodhouse Knightleys. <laughs> I, could, I probably am actually that one. I'm probably yeah. that one. I'm the Isabella John. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. Well, I know we went out of order, but should we go back and like talk about creepy Mr. Elton and like well, how so, creepy he is? Yeah, because I think that that was really the meat of this mm-hmm. of this section. So Emma and Harriet are trying to spend their time because <laughs> Harriet essentially moved in, so yep. she like lives there now. Emma's like sleepover. Come on, sleepover forever. Uh, yeah. So she lives there now, practically. <laughs> Um, and to spend their time, instead of doing things like paint and read and everything like that, they've started writing down, like, riddles and charades in a notebook or a little bound book. Yep. And uh, I don't know. I find that a little weird. Uh, I have no cultural context for that at all whatsoever. Uh, again, when I think of the word charade, I don't think of, like, a rhyming riddle with a couplet i think of like 
somebody standing in front of a group pretending to do something. Yeah. (laughs) But I could see that too. Like, that's like, you're trying to throw somebody off, right? With the, like, like when I, sometimes the word charade can be like, oh, you're trying to distract or like throw Mm. off and like riddles kind of do that because they give you information that seems like it could be one thing but then it's something else you know Mm -hmm. i don't know i don't know which is a good explanation of what happens with this charade that mr elton is asked to to create can we just like acknowledge really quick before we go in jane austen and her irony and like putting Mm -hmm. that in there yes Mm -hmm. thank you a charade is meant to uh, I'm going to stop right there and just like Katrina repeat what her definition was because I just totally <laughs> lost it. So it's meant to like, here's some things right here that make you think about one thing, but really it's this other thing. So like, that's like the literal, the literal thing with the riddle that they have. They're trying to figure, Harriet, Emma knows it. Harriet's like, I don't get it, which I'm like, I feel you, Harriet. I didn't get it either. I needed yeah, I Emma to explain it to me. And... <laughs> But then also there's an underlying trade where clearly Mr. Elton is giving this to Emma. He's looking at Emma. He's like, Emma, this for you. This Emma courtship, you, me, Emma, courtship, Elton, Emma, courtship, here. And Emma's like, here, Harriet, this is for you. He gave it to me because he doesn't want to be obvious that he loves you. (laughs) Yeah. So here's the charade. I'll just read it out really quick. To Miss Blank. Charade. My first displays the wealth and pomp of kings, lords of the earth, their luxuries and ease. Another view of man my second brings. Behold him there, the monarch of the seas. But ah, united the reserve we have, man's boasted power and freedom are all flown. Lord of the earth and the sea, he bends a slave. A woman, lovely woman, reigns alone. Thy ready wit the word will soon supply. May its approval beam in that soft eye. Now, I had no idea what the first few were talking about. No. But it's apparently the first one is representing court. Yep. And the second four lines are representing ship. Yep. And then you put them together. It's a courtship, which is the third part. And then the couplet at the end is... Thy ready wit the world will soon supply, which is, oh, Emma will get this, that it's courtship because she's witty. Um, May its approval beam in that soft eye, which is essentially like, you want a courtship? Come on, Emma. I want (laughs) to see your approval. And Emma doesn't. She's like, here, Harriet. He's asking you. And then she kind of like tries to talk Harriet into realizing, oh, no, Harriet, you understand what it is. Let me explain it to you. And Harriet's just like, I don't know what it is, but I'll let you explain it to me anyway. Which is like, (laughs) Emma, this is your red flag. Harriet doesn't get it. You get it. Clearly, this is meant for you. (laughs) Especially when it says right here that your wit will get the what I'm trying to say in here. Like the first eight lines... You'll understand what word I'm trying to get at because you're witty, Emma, and Harriet isn't getting it. She's not witty. So this cannot possibly be about her. Yes. (laughs) Like. Yes. Yes. Also, the whole fact that, like, he gave it to Emma and he looked directly at her in the eye. The soft eye. (laughs) And was like, hey, my friend. By the way, also, this is very much a this is a 
this is a charade written by my friend. <laughs> it's like not when me. It's like when you're in school. It's like my friend gave me this note to give me to you. Do you like me? Circle yes or no. Yeah. Oh, totally. It was my friend, but actually, it's just me. <laughs> um, my friend, quote unquote, gave me this charade. You should check it out, but also don't share it with anybody because he doesn't want other people to know that he wrote it, even though you don't know who it is. <laughs> AKA, this is for you. Don't tell anybody because this is for you. It's yeah. for you. This is private between us. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially, I'm asking you out and you're totally not getting it. <laughs> and Emma is just like, oh, nope, this is for Harriet. This is for Harriet. Which... Everybody says that Emma is so witty and so smart, but she really isn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, sure, she managed to get courtship out of a, like, rhyme riddle that I didn't get. She's blinded by what she wants for Harriet. Like, Emma gets something in her brain, and then there is nothing else. Like, there's nothing to mm-hmm. contradict what she thinks. No, even when it is, like, literally staring her in the in- eye. <laughs> Well, I actually wrote a note uh, during her conversation with Mr. Knightley that was like, how much of Emma's setting up Harriet is actually about her fixing her own life? Hmm. Because, like, it seems the more she talks about Harriet and hooking her up with Mr. Elton and, like how Harriet can do better than Mr. Martin and she's worth more than that and how Emma is actually helping her and bringing her into society. It kind of feels to me like Emma isn't doing it for Harriet's sake. Emma is doing it for Emma's sake. But I don't know what is wrong with Emma's life that she's trying to fix. Because I feel like that's what this is. And I could be completely wrong because, again, I've never read this book. But that's what I'm kind of... I'm getting I was getting those vibes, especially when she was talking with Mr. Knightley, but I can also see that happening here when she's just so so focused. I want I want to know what is wrong with Emma's life that she's using Harriet and hooking Harriet up with Mr. Elton to fix. So I have a theory, and this is just how I see it, and I could be totally wrong and other people could see it differently. But I in these first like few chapters, I'm getting the sense that Emma is very smart. She is capable of great things, but she really hasn't had anybody to, like, strictly guide her. Like, be, like, tough on her and, like, hey, pick one thing to be good at instead of trying all these little things and, like, stopping. Or, hey, why don't you do this instead of that? Or, oh, you're going to give this up? No, you just started. Keep trying, right? Nobody has been there pushing her. And now she is at this point where she's 21. She's had this life of ease. She's done all these different things that she is good at. I'm not going to concede that she's not good at them. But she's not an expert right mm-hmm. in anything and well she's women aren't direction. allowed women aren't allowed to be prodigies in this book remember well but, <laughs> well that's for i think that's like more a commentary on like yeah lower than I, middle class women where i just thought yeah. i'd throw that oh no, yeah no i get it <laughs> I, got, I caught the joke um yeah. but yeah i just because she's had no direction and now she's at this point in her life where she's like a woman and she really hasn't accomplished anything great and so Mm -hmm. she 
builds up like, oh, I'm a great this. Oh, I'm a great matchmaker. Oh, I'm a great friend. Oh, I'm a great daughter. Like, I don't know. I think she feels lost. I think she's lost. Yeah. I mean, I don't disagree. I do think that she is lost. But, yeah. She is certainly lost when it comes to uh, realizing that Mr. Elton loves her oh <laughs> or God. likes her. Uh, yeah. And so that brings us into... Uh, and you know she doesn't like him because he's technically beneath her. Well, and also, if she liked him, then she would just be trying to set herself up. She wouldn't be trying to set Harriet up. Yeah. But I don't think she yeah. would because I think she would think him beneath her. She thinks so many people beneath her. I think she would think, even though he is a gentleman, he's good enough for Harriet. But he can't be good enough for yeah, her. Yeah, I mean, well, and also she's not looking for anybody either. So mm-hmm. I don't know if it's necessarily like, oh, you're beneath me. It's more of a, I'm not interested and like, you're a good guy. But she does, say, she does say that she has never met anyone of her equal mm, thus far. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But- Anyway, this this whole thing with uh, Mr. Elton and the charade, it, it kind of leads into Mr. Elton being a creep. So Harriet and Emma go do some charitable things, a.k.a. going to meet this family uh, of lower class who are sick and they pass the vicar's house and... Emma's all like, oh, Harriet, this will be your house soon. And I'm going to have to get used to all of the things along this road because I'm going to be walking it so often because I'm going to come and visit you. And Harriet's like, oh, I've never been in here before or something like that. And Emma's like, oh, I wonder how I can get her to see the inside of the house. (laughs) So they go and they help this poor family. And the whole thing, like when they're leaving the poor family's house is like, the nice thing about visiting the poor is that when you're, or when you're done, the... But is it like the poor state that they're in will never leave your mind or it won't leave your mind for a long time. Like you're going to be thinking about it and how like terrible they have it and how sad that this is for like a long time after you leave. And then Mr. Elton shows up and everything that they did at the house immediately leaves their minds. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) These are the sights, Harriet, to do one good. How trifling they make everything else appear. I feel now as if I could think of nothing but these poor creatures all the rest of the day. And yet, who can say how soon it may all vanish from my mind? As soon as Mr. Elton walks up. (laughs) It's just like (laughs) such a terrible thing to say. Like when I was reading this, I was like, see, Harriet, this is why you don't want to be poor, basically. (laughs) And like, all I can do is like, think about how terrible it would be. I wonder how long I will think about this. Exactly 0.3 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Because, ooh, Oh, my God. Yeah. So, (laughs) anyway, I could go on. I'm not going to go on a tirade. Okay, let's go. Let's talk about Mr. Elton. Okay. So, Mr. Elton, he saw the girls pass by his house because he was creeping out the window. And then he was like, okay, I'm going to wait like five seconds. And then I'm going to follow them. So that's why he's on the road down the way to this house because he was following them because he has a crush on Emma. Like, are you 12? Are you 12? <laughs> are you 12 years old? I mean, and the thing is, he doesn't even in, like deny that that was what was going on. Yeah. Because he could have been like, oh, no, I heard that this family was sick. I was just on my way. Uh, but he's like, no, I saw you guys pass and I decided to come out and follow you. <laughs> See what you were up to. Oh, man. Uh, and now this is where Emma 
starts to be so ridiculous. <sighs> it actually, so like in my head, so do you know, you know, in Much Ado About Nothing? Yeah. When uh, Benedict is in the garden and uh, the two other, uh, Claudio and is it Don Pedro? Yeah, I think the other Claudio one- and Denzel Washington are <laughs> <laughs> talking and they're trying to convince Benedict because they know he's there uh that beatrice loves him and he's like especially in the film he's like trying to like listen in and get close but he's just like falling off of things and like climbing onto things and he's trying to be like subtle but like they totally know he's there and he's not being subtle at all whatsoever yes yes yes. that's what this reminds me of yeah but like poorly done (laughs) so emma really wants those two to have some time alone to talk so she's like oh there's a problem with my shoe and then she stops and like messes around with her shoe and they just start walking and she's like do 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 okay that's good they're up a oh, little kid okay i can talk to this little kid for a little bit are they talking to each other up there are they talking okay they that's enough time okay oh no 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 the kid is walking too fast no okay i caught up okay well hmm how can I get Harriet and Mr. Elton into Mr. Elton's house? Oh, I'm sorry. There's another problem with my shoe. Da, da, da. Whoops. My lace broke. Mr. Elton, I need to talk to your housekeeper. But don't worry. You guys can entertain each other. And she goes in and she's like sitting there talking to the uh, to the housekeeper, trying to get a ribbon for her shoe. And she's like, desperately trying to will the door shut so then harriet and mr elton are together in a room by themselves (laughs) but the door doesn't shut so she just keeps talking really loud (laughs) to the housekeeper as if she's trying to like make sure that they don't talk to her it's just it doesn't work and it's freaking hilarious (laughs) yep and do you I, know why it doesn't work? You just described it so perfectly. I, I did. Have no, I have nothing else to add. Uh, why? Why does it work? Why does it work Be, so perfectly? It doesn't work. Or it why doesn't does it not work? Oh, sorry. Yeah, that's it, what I meant. Why doesn't it, it work? Because Mr. Elton is in love with Emma. <laughs> of course. Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's, uh, that's just it. That's that was the meat and potatoes of this of this section yeah and it was just i read through it twice because i was just like she's not she's seriously freaking doing this yep like all the while though like really drawing more attention to herself mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. also she could have just easily been like oh mr elton why don't you come over for dinner or something or why don't you walk us back and then like once they got to the house like she could have been like, "Oh, just one minute, I'll be, I'll be right back," and just stepped out of the fucking room. Yeah, and left them. Yeah, I know. She is not. She is not a mastermind. No, she is <laughs> failing at this in every single way. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, but I was just like, this just entertains me so much. And then I had eleven minutes of Mr. Woodhouse. Yes. <laughs> gosh that those last two chapters of this were just so tedious for me 
there. Oh, mm-hmm. you know who we haven't talked about? Speaking of tedious um, and Miss Bates, and we know how tedious she is. Her niece. We finally get another name of another Jane character. Fairfax. Jane yeah. Fairfax. Who I admitted readily on Instagram that I have no idea who the hell she is. Yeah. And I still really don't that much. I just know that she is Mrs. Bates' niece. Yes. And, it's, and everybody talks about her. Yes. And it sounds like she's hanging out with the Churchills because their daughter is married. At least that's how I interpreted that section. I could be wrong. So I think that there's a connection between Frank Churchill and Jane Fairfax. I don't know what it is yet. Also, we have not actually been introduced to Frank Churchill yet. He still hasn't shown up. But we got another section where they were talking about him. I think it was Isabella and Emma or somebody where they were talking Um, about him. Mr. John Knightley, I think, had brought him up. And then Mr. Woodhouse threw in the mm. information about the letter and that's mm-hmm. how it that's right. came yeah. about. That's it. I knew that it was something with those two characters or with the with the arrival of Isabel. Uh, yeah. So it's Isabella who brings up Jane Fairfax. Mm-hmm. And cuz um, she thinks that Jane and Emma would get along. Yeah, cuz she's like, "Oh, it's so sad. I regret Emma that you can't be more at Highbury, which is where they live in London." Mm-hmm. Um and, oh, now their daughter is married. Um, They're meaning Colonel and Mrs. Campbell, the people who have been raising Frank Churchill. And it says they will not be able to part with her at all. And I thought that meant Jane Fairfax. I thought Frank Churchill was being raised by his uncle, who is a Churchill. That's why his name is Churchill now. Oh, duh, Katrina. I like put Camp- Campbell and Churchill together. <laughs> never I mind mean, to be fair there is no connection <laughs> to so be fair sorry. though i mean i so read this twice remember, too and i can't believe okay sorry go ahead to, go ahead. Re- to remember like frank churchill is actually frank weston right yeah no yeah i know that yes so i, I mean that. like there's already too many names for this guy just, we haven't met yet i just read colonel and mrs campbell and just assumed they were the churchills like it didn't no. i read no. campbell as churchill twice I do think, though, that there is a connection between Jane Fairfax and Frank Churchill that I don't know of yet. And again, we are reading this book for the first time. So I'm pretty sure that once it happens, uh, we're going to be like, oh, that makes sense. Now all of the memes make sense. So Mrs. (laughs) Campbell is Miss Bates's sister. Mm, That makes sense. That has to be it. Mm -hmm. Maybe. But wait, it says, but now their daughter is married. I'm sure they won't be able to part with her at all. So is Jane Fairfax married? I don't know. I don't know. I'm so confused. We don't know. I am too. Can we anybody clear? We haven't met her yet. We haven't, yeah, we haven't met her yet. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, figure it out. Sorry for those of you who love this book and know it inside and out. And we are screwing this up royally. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. The only other book I feel like. Well, no, never mind. I was going to say, I feel like the only other book that you know personally inside and out, like I know Pride and Prejudice inside and out, is Sense and Sensibility. But you've also read the other Austin books, and I haven't. So, so. Inside and Out, I think I know Sense and Sensibility and Persuasion pretty well. Mansfield Park would come after those two, and then Northanger Abbey, even though I've read it, I don't remember any of it. Mm. So, 
So just saying, again, from here on out, most of the Austin stuff is new, especially to me. <laughs> so, but. Well, I think that's all I have to say about these chapters. Again, like it's it was a pretty sparse with the exception of Emma being a little ridiculous and yeah, major amounts of toxic masculinity. Yeah. Um, can we talk about who we think really quick Jane Fairfax is in Clueless? I was thinking she might be Amber. Probably. Okay. Now that you say that, yeah. Well, I was thinking about, uh, the more times Mrs. Weston is brought up, I'm thinking that she's, uh, the other friend whose name I can't I was remember. thinking that too. Dion, and then Dion. Um, she That's has, because Dion has the boyfriend, mm-hmm. her boyfriend, who, what's his name in It's Clueless? the guy from Scrubs. I know, but what's his name in <laughs> Clueless? Um, it's Turk from Scrubs. Yeah. Uh, okay, but yeah, I was thinking that too. But then I was also like, but she sets them up. So who are the teachers? Because in Clueless, Cher sets up her teachers because they're lonely and sad. <laughs> So maybe we'll meet some new that. characters to be them. Yeah, I don't she's remember that because she doesn't. She's like trying to get her grades pushed up, but she doesn't want to do any more work. So she's gonna make her one teacher happier, and then her other teacher is like always so busy. And it's like, oh, I'm gonna put them together and make them happy and distract them, so they won't. They'll give us better grades or whatever. <laughs> I don't remember that plot line. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll have to keep that in mind. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, I wonder who they will be. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? She's the matchmaker extraordinaire, and this book is really long. <laughs> this is a really long book. Um, there was one other thing I wanted to do before we sign off. Um, we're coming up right to the end of an hour here, and I just I read the back of my book, like the synopsis. It's like a little mm-hmm. paragraph, and it is so ridiculous. And I just wanted to share it with you all. That's okay. Okay. <laughs> so uh-huh. I read the Dover Thrift Editions, as I've mentioned, and this is the little blurb about what Emma is. So it says, Emma abounds in the droll character sketches at which Jane Austen excelled. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yes, it does. Um, in addition to the well-intentioned heroine and her hypochondriacal father, mm-hmm. the village of Highbury during the Regency period is populated by an amusing circle of friends and family. Kind-hearted but tedious Miss Bates, a chatterbox spinster, ambitious Mr. Elton, a social climbing parson, Frank mm-hmm. Churchill, an enigmatic Romeo, Mr. Knightley, Emma's brother-in-law and the voice of her better nature, and a cluster of other finely drawn, unforgettable personalities. <laughs> uh, so far, so yes. correct. <laughs> yep. And then it, like, goes on to, like, praise it more and, like, really putting emphasis Mm -hmm. on, like, these are just regular everyday characters and how ridiculous they are. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. yeah. So, yeah. I do think it's interesting that it talks about Mr. Knightley just being the brother-in-law and the voice of reason. Yeah. Interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe they don't actually get together. Maybe we've been all wrong. Maybe Clueless <laughs> has thrown us off. We or, don't know. Or the 2020 uh, Emma film, because I've seen the pictures of the wedding scene. So Ooh. maybe 
Maybe we don't know. We haven't read it. We don't know. Maybe it's not their wedding because in Clueless, Cher doesn't get married because, like, she's 16. What? <laughs> and, like, they make it a point to be like, what? This isn't. I'm, like, 16, you guys. Of course I'm not getting married. It's her teachers. So, like, maybe it's a different wedding. I don't know. No, I'm pretty sure. Uh, no, yeah, no, I know. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah. It's definitely her wedding. But maybe it was a dream. I don't know. I haven't read the book. We don't know. <laughs> it's a surprise. <laughs> well let's pretend at least that it is so. okay but yeah so that's all for this week uh we'll have more next week hopefully not another three four chapters of mr woodhouse being ridiculous uh but we'll let you know <laughs> yes please do help us with the story beats if you can message us on mm-hmm. instagram you can find us and all of our awesome memes and all of our great information about our podcast and others on WBM Podcast. That is our Instagram handle. Yes. You can also listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts. And please make sure you rate and review us where you can because that helps other people find us. Uh, And of course, word of mouth is the best way to get other people to listen to us. So if you know anybody who likes Jane Austen or even just classic novels, be like, hey, have you listened to these two crazy people? (laughs) (laughs) They are silly. They are practically Jane Austen characters themselves. Well, thank you all, and we will see you next time. Bye. Beyond Measure is hosted by me, Katrina Mayer, and me, Elle Kammerer. Our music was composed by Shane Ivers, and our artwork was created by the beautiful and talented Katie Keneally. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts, or you can find us on our website at witbeyondmeasure.com, or follow us on Instagram for all of our updates, memes, and just fun stuff. Our handle is at WBMpodcast. I'm going to say that again. It's W B M podcast.